Something Bob said reminded me of uh, years ago when I would, well, I still go to, ner- to uh, funeral homes when, uh, you know, there's a, a visitation. Or, but I remember people standing there next to the casket going, oh, he looks so natural. I'm like, what are you talking about? He looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> You, know, you, you, never, you never go to the funeral home and look in the casket and be like, oh, the dude's just asleep. It's obvious that the person is dead. And this really kind of gets to the heart and the core of the matter when it gets to our faith and, and some of the fears that we're experiencing in our world right now. Um, that this faith that we have in Jesus, it is a matter of life and death. Or maybe better said, a matter of death and life. Because Jesus rescues us from death. And we have an example of that in our gospel reading today. It's John chapter 11. And it starts out, it says, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through him. Now, I want to pause on that for just a moment and think back to uh, last week's sermon talking about the man who was born blind. Who sinned, this man or his parents? Neither but that the works of God may be displayed. This will not end in death. Why? That the glory of Jesus might be displayed. And there is something about this that when we look at the moment of death, that as we hold on to Jesus' promises, that we look beyond that moment and see that Jesus keeps his promises to his people. And we look forward to that last day when, as we'll find out later, that Lazarus gets called out of the grave, that we too are called from the grave. But Jesus is very much in control. He knows what's going on. Uh, And he says um, that uh, Mary and Martha, they, they reach out to him to ask him to come. Well, why do they want him to come? They want him to come so that they'll, they'll heal him. And this is very much what we do almost every Sunday. We have these prayer requests for people that God heal them. And I think that this is something that is good. It's right. But it's also something that we should think about a little bit more carefully. I once heard a person say, uh, we spend more time praying to keep people out of heaven than praying to get people out of hell that we're more concerned about these physical lives that we cling to than we are about the spiritual lives that Jesus comes to give that goes beyond this life. And yes, we are going to continue to pray for the healing of people. But I think there needs to be a recognition that even as we pray, we need to pray for a blessed end. Because the reality is that this life this physical life that we're living in right now, I keep using the word, you're probably sick of it, is penultimate. There's an ultimate that's coming after. It's greater, it's better, it's glorious 
We look forward to that. And we get bits and pieces of that even now. But we're, we're, we're living for something more and something better. Something that cannot be taken away from us even, even, even if our bodies are, are, are destroyed. And it says that now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. I find that sentence so strange. He loved them, so he stayed. And again, God sees things a little bit differently than we do. Sometimes he loves us, and so he stays. And it feels like maybe we're alone. But we know in truth that he is with us, and we are learning to trust him and to walk by faith. That he doesn't offer us proofs over and over again, and he doesn't show us, oh, hey, this is what I'm doing. But he teaches us to walk by faith and to trust in him. So he, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. And then after he, this, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews, and you know, this isn't just you know, Jewish people. Remember that John who wrote this was Jewish uh, in terms of ethnicity. Uh, he's talking about the religious leaders, the, the, the political powers of the Jewish people. Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going to go there again? And Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in the day? Uh, if anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of, the, of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. And after saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. And, and, and I love this because, you know, we're going to see how the disciples respond. Oh, Lazarus fell asleep. How many times have you gotten sick and, and you went to sleep and, you know, you woke up and you're like, oh, I, I feel better. Your, your body shook it off while you were, were, were sleeping. So after he said these things, uh, Jesus said to them, uh, our, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. And the disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. But Jesus had spoken of his death. But they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. He has set the stage. His friend is dead. And they are about to go to a dangerous Situation where there are political powers that want to destroy Jesus. And Thomas, Thomas, doubting Thomas, who we revile every Easter season, unless I put my fingers in the nail holes and my hand in his side, uh, that Thomas says, let's also go that we may die with him. Don't ever think that Thomas was a coward. <laughs> this is a man who was truly committed to Jesus, and I think he was truly shattered when Jesus died. But he was ready to give his life, and the truth is he did give his life in Christ's service. Now, when Jesus came, he found Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. 
that number's significant because um, sometimes, you know, when people would die, you know, they'd wake up after a while. In other words, they misdiagnosed death. It, it very rarely happens anymore, but it can still happen. And, you know, so they would wait a few days and, and you know, they would be confident after four days, this person really is dead. So, you know, it, it's like that, that line in um, uh, the Christmas Carol that, that Jacob Marley was dead, dead as a doornail. Lazarus is dead, dead as a doornail, no doubt about it. And it says Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And, and many of the, the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them and, concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. What a powerful statement. What a, almost like a kick in the gut kind of statement. She's telling Jesus that Jesus let her down. Have any of you ever felt let down by Jesus? Now, she's about to find out that Jesus has not let her down. She's about to find out that God had a bigger plan than what her plan was. Sometimes that's hard to trust. And it's difficult to walk through as you see the people uh, that you love getting hurt or going through difficulty. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And that's part of our hope that we live with, that, that there will be a last day and the dead will rise. And, and Martha is holding on to that hope for her brother even in that moment, just as, as we do at every funeral that we gather, that on the last day, God will raise us up. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? It's kind of a hard thing to believe sometimes. You know, when, when we have a, a funeral here, uh, we usually move the baptismal font off to the side. And if there's a casket, it sits right here. You know, and then we often read these very words, you know, and they're looking and they're, they're, there's the body. Jesus said they'll never die. And we don't. I mean, this life will end. These bodies that we are in will die. But we're more than flesh and blood. Our spirit endures in Christ and awaits a day of resurrection. And we got to be clear about this too. That when it says that the resurrection will come, it's a bodily resurrection. We don't go floating around like spirits. We're not, you know, Philly cream cheese angels. Um, 
we will be raised glorious. St. Paul writes about this. He says that what goes into the ground is like a seed. And then what comes up is like a plant. And our resurrected bodies are so much greater than what we have right here and right now. And we don't even know how wonderful and glorious that will be. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Part of the way that Jesus consoles us in our grief is that he bears our grief. He knows what it's like to lose someone he loves. Not only does he know what it's like to die, but he knows what it's like to have your loved ones die. And he stands with us in that moment in compassion. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. One of the things that I've experienced over the years is when people come to funerals, um, they have this sense of, I've got to be strong for the moment. Jesus wept. It's okay. It's okay to be sad. And it's okay for us to weep too. But some of them said, oh, so the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? It's the same question, you know. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, this verse must also always be read in the King James, okay? This is really important. Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. That's what the ESV says. King James, it's been four days. By now he stinketh. <laughs> we know how this works. We know decomposition. This is really emphasizing. Lazarus is as dead as they can be. And Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 
And he called out, Lazarus, come out. And he did. Unwrap him. Let him go free. And there will be a day where Jesus' voice will call your name. Come out. And you will live gloriously with him. Now, some have thought that maybe Lazarus is still alive out there. And that's just not the case. That doesn't fit with anything that God tells us in the scriptures. And in fact, this was such a powerful proof that along with the blind man, that now that he has raised this dead man, the, the Jewish leaders said, this guy is a problem for us. And so they were all the more determined to kill Jesus. And not just Jesus, but Lazarus too. We can expect pushback from the world when we follow Jesus. We can expect difficulty and trouble, but it's okay. Jesus has overcome death. You know, I'm looking out at the world and, and I, I'm, I'm concerned about what's going to happen. And part of what I'm very concerned about is people dying. And I hope I'm not being you know, foolish about this. I would love to be wrong, actually. But in a time of, of pandemic, this is something that we take very seriously. And it can lead us to just kind of shut ourselves off from the world. But brothers and sisters, we are people who are connected to the one who is the resurrection and the life. That's not a license to go out and be stupid. It's not a license to go out and be reckless. But it gives us hope and confidence to follow Jesus where he leads us. And to know that no matter what happens to these bodies, to this life, that we live forever with him. And that one day we will rise again because that's what Jesus did after he died. He died for us and he rose for us and we will live forever with him. Amen.